BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Friends, thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today. It was October 7th that Hamas launched this deadly attack on Israel, killing Israeli men and women, children, babies, the elderly. It is the largest killing of Jews since the Holocaust. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has called Hamas the new Nazis, and that Hamas was a member of a new axis of evil right alongside Iran. The Prime Minister said if it's not stopped here, The savagery will reach you very soon. It will reach the entire world. He went on to say that the world has to stand united with Israel to defeat Hamas. Even today, Israel National News reports that a heavy rocket barrage rained down on central Israel. Joining us today with insight on this attack against Israel and Israel's defense, we welcome back Chris Katolka, the Assistant Director of North American Ministries at the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. He's host of the Friends of Israel Today radio program, a Bible teacher he is, and writer for Israel My Glory magazine, and author of the book Israel Always. Chris, thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. Jim, thanks for having me back during this very difficult time for Israel. Yeah, indeed. You were you were just with us uh, September 19th, uh, two and a half weeks ago, before this had unfolded, uh, this attack by Hamas. And at that time, Israel was receiving about uh, 200 alerts for terrorism daily. We spoke about that. Uh, some 36 Israelis had been killed at that time. We talked about escalating terrorism. And we also discussed the fall feast and the, the Festival of Trumpets. Or Sukkot was just wrapping up this attack by Hamas launched this bloodbath of evil against Israel. Chris, unfold for us. Give us your perspective of what's transpired here. Well, on October 7th, as you said, uh, Hamas um, had planned for this attack. This wasn't just some some, uh, spontaneous attack. Uh, This was absolutely planned in order to break through uh, Israeli defenses um, and to kill as many Israelis as possible. We actually... The Israelis have on record from video documentation from terrorists who were killed by uh, Israelis. They were a lot of the terrorists were carrying cameras around with them, so they're able to yes. hear what they were saying. Uh, they've interrogated some of the Hamas terrorists and found that they were on a rampage to kill as many Israelis as possible in as short a time as possible. And I will tell you, their plan was executed. Uh, they were able to sneak past the uh, the Israeli um, intelligence. Um, broke through the barriers that divide Israel and Gaza and were attacking the kibbutzes and small towns and some of them larger towns um, along the border of Gaza and Israel. And they didn't just simply walk in to take over. They walked in and were systematically murdering Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is why it is very reminiscent of what was going on during the Holocaust. This was a targeted attack against Jewish people from Hamas. And it should be no surprise, Jim, that Hamas wanted to do this. It's in their charter to get rid of the Jewish people. It's in their charter as a political movement. It's not just a terrorist organization. It's a political movement to push Israel into the sea. And so they've been telling the world for a long time, very openly, that they have had ambitions to do this, and they finally accomplished uh, a, a very, very, uh, a, 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 just an absolute atrocity of uh, killing against, like you said, babies, uh, toddlers, um, adults, men, women, even uh, the elderly. A Holocaust survivor was carried off into Gaza. Uh, they took uh, many, many hostages. We're think they're thinking more than 250 now. But again, I cannot, I cannot say this more clearly. This was a targeted attack. This was planned, and it's rooted back not only in Hamas, but I believe directed connectly to Iran as well. well and, and I'm going to have you unpack that here in just a bit, but I, I was just looking, you mentioned this, this uh, Hamas charter, and I was just looking at this yesterday, Chris, and, and, and right away, right in their preamble, we, they indicate that Israel has, uh, will exist until we eradicate this nation. I mean, uh, that is their plan. That's their preamble. That, that is the whole premise for their existence. 
Jim, they've been telling us this for a very long time. Uh, I try to remind people that, yes, we do dub Hamas a terrorist organization, but you have to also remember Hamas is the ruling governing body of Gaza. They were actually elected by the Palestinians in Gaza not too long after the disengagement that happened in 2005, I believe by 2007, they elected Hamas to govern them. See, we often just look at them as a terrorist organization. But see, they, they are the actual people who should be supplying infrastructure for the Palestinians in Gaza, paving roadways, uh, roadways building schools, uh, making sure that their uh, economy is capable of growing and flourishing to give people jobs, uh, education, health care, all of those things that are bound up in a government that is what Hamas should be doing, but they are also in their charter, on top of being the government of the Palestinian people in, in Gaza, they are also, they have a full resistance, it's their number one priority, uh, their full resistance against the state of Israel. So the funds that are coming from foreign nations um, to, to help the Palestinian people are often converted into terrorist funds in order to uh, uh, terrorize Israel with rockets, and now we're seeing even more. It's not just rockets. It's a full-scale attack, yeah. tunnels that are dug underground as well. Uh, so you brought Iran into the picture, and I'd like to get your perspective on Iran's involvement in this attack on Israel. And, and also, I mean, Iran's foreign minister has warned of a preemptive attack if Israel begins a ground invasion into Gaza. You have to remember, Iran is the leading state sponsor of terrorism in the world. And so they might not be sending their Islamic Revolutionary Guard down into Gaza. They have proxies that do that for them. Hamas is a proxy of Iran. Hezbollah, up on the northern border of Israel, is a proxy of Iran, which means Iran funds these terrorist organizations, and uh, supplies them with ammunition, supplies them with uh, missiles, uh, the technology that they have. Because you have to remember the technology that's going to Hezbollah, the technology that's going to Hamas, is actually getting more and more technological. Uh, in the past, they just had rockets where they'd launch up into the air, and hopefully it lands somewhere near a, near a Israeli. That's what they hoped. Today, their rockets are much more targeted. Their rockets go much further. Today, Hamas rockets, they don't just hit the smaller uh, towns in the south of Israel, like Sarot and uh, Kibbutz Nirim and Kafar Aza. Now they're going even further. They're going into the sub suburbs of Tel Aviv, like Rehovo, um, Rishon Litzion, and even Tel Aviv. And so uh, it, uh, 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 Hamas's presence in Gaza is becoming a threat to most of the south of Israel, even into Jerusalem. Um, and so you have that, uh, uh, Iran's presence in, in, in Gaza, but you also have Iran's presence in the northern border of Israel with Lebanon. And uh, Hezbollah is stocked with more than 100,000 rockets waiting for the opportune moment to attack Israel. Um, and so they are ready to fight. They are just, I believe, waiting for uh, uh, instructions from Tehran. That's what's going on. And that's why Iran said, if there's any more retaliatory strikes that come from Israel toward Hamas, toward Gaza, Lebanon will be the next, uh, Hezbollah and Lebanon will be the next uh, battle that they'll have to fight in the north. I was looking, reading, somebody was quoting Hezbollah kind of like being in the major leagues, whereas uh, Hamas, the minor leagues, indicating the, the much greater threat Hezbollah is to Israel coming from the north. Uh, uh, we understand there, what, there, there have been some rocket launches from Hezbollah, has there not, from, from, or from Lebanon, Syria? Yeah, there have been rocket launches. You know, I did read a report um, that the Lebanese military took out 20 installation sites of uh, rocket launching for, for uh, Hezbollah in the north in Lebanon, which is a good sign. But you have to remember, it, the difference between Gaza and Hezbollah and Lebanon is this is that Hamas controls all of Gaza. Hezbollah is more like the mafia in Lebanon. There is a Lebanese uh, government um, that is separate for the most part from Hezbollah, but Hezbollah has a lot of pull and a lot of power in Lebanon, like the mafia would. And so uh, Le Hezbollah is staged on the southern part of Lebanon. They are a major part for the, uh, a major 
uh, issue for the Lebanese people and, of course, a major issue for uh, for Israel. Um, but they are definitely well-trained. They are uh, uh, ready to attack Israel, and I believe they have been developing this for many, many years. So the rocket, the, the launches, the rocket fire into Israel today in the middle part of Israel, where is that coming from? Is that coming from Gaza yet? That's co- coming from Gaza, yes. Okay. Uh, I don't believe that Hezbollah technology can get as far from uh, from the north down to Jerusalem. They could have that technology. I don't believe they've exercised it yet, but yes, from Gaza, they can reach into Jerusalem. And just to think, too, Jim, just to show you how much they don't care about their own people. Uh, Jerusalem, is. Uh, there are a lot of different types of people that live in Jerusalem. Yes, there are Israeli Jews that live in Jerusalem, but there are also Israeli Arab Muslims that live in Jerusalem. Surrounding Jerusalem are Palestinian towns. So there are Palestinian people in the in the Judea area, Judea Samaria, which we might know more as the West Bank. All of these areas are very close to one another. So when they launch a rocket into uh, into Jerusalem, they don't care where it lands. They don't care who it hurts. It could be hurting their own people. It's in order to create a stunt in order to attack Israel, um, and they don't care who they hurt, even their own people in the process, which is very sad. But yes. These rockets have the capability now of reaching Tel Aviv and Jerusalem from Gaza, which is very dangerous. No wonder why Prime Minister Netanyahu has called Hamas the new Nazis and part of this axis of evil. I mean, it is pure evil, Chris, just pure evil that's being unfolded here. It's definitely pure evil. Again, I can't stress that they've been telling us this for a long time, Jim. And, and I'll just add this, too, is that when, when we're talking about the pure evil of Hamas, we've known this for a long time. They've been telling us about it. And Israel, for a long time, Jim, has been trying to stamp this out. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't the first attack. Uh, Hamas has been attacking Israel what seems like almost every day since 2007 with rocket fire. And so uh, sometimes it gets more and more intense. And Israel has to go into Gaza in order to take out those rocket-launching facilities or attack a Hamas leader. Um, And all of a sudden, when they do that and they create an operation, the world begins to get antsy about Israel's um, uh, attack in Gaza. And what happens is they they throttle Israel and what they can do. Well, this has been going on for a long, long time, and finally the world is able to see the evil nature of Hamas, as, as Netanyahu said, that they're Nazis, they're ISIS. Um, and so uh, they've been warning us for a long time now. And finally, I think the world is saying Israel needs to go in and root out this problem once and for all. And how sad when we have members of Congress, and I think of like Rashida Tlaib, who was approached, you know, can you condemn, you know, this violence, the, the killing, the slaughter of, of, of babies in Israel? And all she could do is walk faster away from the reporter. It's outrageous, this, this, lack, this, this silence, this, st- uh, you know, stiff arm, a cold shoulder to uh, even that reporter's question. Well, and even the congresswoman, uh, a part of the squad as well, Ilhan Omar, she posted on X, which was formerly Twitter, a uh, image of babies that were sadly killed. And she tried to say this was because of the Israelis in Gaza. Oh but the photo that she posted actually came from a Syrian uh, attack that happened in 2013. She's spreading lies about Israel. Friends, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Israel's at war. Chris Katolka with us today from the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. They are engaged in helping Israel at this time. We'll be getting into that as well. This is Crosstalk on the VCY American Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, How are stars formed? Chris, evolutionists say that each star condensed out of interstellar clouds of gas. But think about it. How could this happen? Remember, space is a vacuum, and gas in a vacuum would be sucked out in all directions. How could this gas become so dense that it would collapse by its own gravity? The pressures pushing it out would far exceed the gravitational pressures inward. There have been a number of evolutionary suggestions to get the process started, but all of them start with stars in the beginning. They say that a nearby exploding star might send out a pulse of energy that would condense a cloud of gas. But the question is, where did the stars come from in the first place? Not how do stars in rare circumstances form other stars. The Bible says that God created stars on day four of creation week, and the evidence fits that back to Genesis truth. This is Chris O'Brien. Thanks for going back to Genesis. 
listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Chris Katolka is with us today. He is the Assistant Director of North American Ministries at the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. Friends, I'd encourage you to have handy nearby a sheet of paper, pen, or pencil to jot down some information, how certainly you can be engaged in helping those who are going through this uh, time of great conflict in Israel. Uh, we'll get more into that here. But, uh, uh, Chris, uh, we were talking about Hamas, and and really th- there was purposeful targeting of children, purposeful killing uh, that's going on. I've seen some of the uh, the, the camera, uh, you know, work that has gone from house to house, and 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 it's it just a nightmare as to what's been taking place there. But I understand that that Hamas is also present in the West Bank. Is that correct? Yeah. Remember, in the previous segment, I had mentioned that Hamas is uh, the government of of Gaza. They elected the Palestinians elected Hamas into power. So, you know, when someone like President Biden gets up and says he believes that the vast majority of Palestinians in Gaza are innocent, this is Hamas terrorism, you know, uh, I believe that uh, some of that is true. But you also have to remember that they voted them in. They voted, and we all knew what their charter was. And so it's a little bit more difficult to simply say, oh, there's a lot more innocent Palestinians, and Hamas is a small terrorist group. No, they voted them into power. Well, the concern is this, is that in the West Bank, which uh, Israelis call Judea and Samaria, where near Jerusalem, um, th- that uh, right now a group called Fatah runs the Palestinian Authority, runs, runs the government of the Palestinians in the West Bank. Well, here's the deal, is that they haven't had elections, I believe, since 2006. They've only had one president since then, and he has an incredible, incredibly negative Ratings. They want to do another election, but they're scared to do an election in in the West Bank because if they do, they're scared that the Palestinians will vote in Hamas. In 2022, Fatah led the poll with 38 percent, 22 percent were going to Hamas, and they were scared that these numbers were getting weaker and weaker for the, uh, President Abbas's uh, party and gaining more notoriety for Hamas during this time. So the idea is that there's a great sense of, uh, of, of fear that, that uh, the Hamas or even another terrorist organization might take control in the West Bank. You know, one of the, some of the authorities in Israel are saying one of the reasons they were caught off guard so badly was because a lot of their attention prior to the attack on October 7th, a lot of their attention was in the West Bank as Israeli authorities were trying to stamp out the rise of terrorism uh, in that area. And so, again, they were caught off guard because much of them were directed toward the West Bank and stamping out terrorism there, which gave rise to the potential for terrorism coming over and spilling over from Gaza. And geographically speaking, the West Bank uh, uh, butts up against Jerusalem, does it not? Oh, yeah. You know, many would even consider... Jerusalem inside the West Bank, depending on who you talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point prior to 1967, um, East Jerusalem was in what we would call the West Bank, and West Jerusalem was in Israel. It was split in half. After 1967 in the war, uh, the Six-Day War, Israel unified Jerusalem once and for all. Again, Israelis don't call it the West Bank. That's very much a political term in the United States in order to push a two-state solution. It's actually, Israelis will call it Judea-Samaria. So comment, if you would, also on Swords of Iron. This was launched by the Prime Minister of Israel, uh, Israel to really protect herself from her enemies. Uh, what What is unfolding with Swords of Iron? Yeah, well, it's a full-on, remember, this is the first time that Israel's been to war, declared war, in 50 years. Yes. Since the Yom Kippur War. Um, in fact... Almost uh, to the day. Exactly. They attacked right after the, uh, the in, in remembering what happened 50 years ago during the Yom Kippur War. That's when Hamas took the opportunity. There were several things going on for Israel at that time. Number one, it was a Shabbat on October 7th. It was a Shabbat, which is a day of rest. And actually, Israelis of all kinds, whether you're religious or secular, they all rest on Shabbat from Friday night into Saturday night. It was also another joyous holiday for the Jewish people called Simchat Torah. And then additionally, it was just one day after the uh, remembering of 50 years since the Yom Kippur War when they were um, attacked by Syria uh, in the north and Egypt. 
And so, uh, again, this is uh, when they attacked. This is uh, the first time in 50 years that Israel declared war. So all Israeli um, all Israelis in the IDF are in full uh, um, uh, war mode right now. And additional, additionally, more than 300,000 reservists have been called into action. And some of these are our colleagues at Friends of Israel. Uh, we have a colleague whose son is um, in, in Gaza, uh, on the border of Gaza right now, who is serving in the IDF. I can't, he can't be more than 19 years old. We have another colleague from Jerusalem uh, who is stationed down in Gaza. He's combat in Gaza. And his wife is up in, uh, in Lebanon. The two have been, they have uh, several children. Uh, they've both been split up, and they're on reserves right now. So you are on reserves till I believe, about 40 uh, years old or so as an Israeli. So everybody has said, you know, they, they are going into war. They've called up the reservists. I even saw a picture, Jim, of a 98-year-old Israeli who put on his, his Israeli my. IDF uniform in order to say, put me into battle. I'm ready to fight wow. for my country. Wow. So, yes, it's a full-scale attack that will be taking place. Um, and the next stage, according that that we're waiting to see, which could happen at any moment, is that Israel goes in on a ground offensive yep. into the Gaza Strip, which will be the next big move that we expect to see. Netanyahu is just down on the border of the Gaza Strip, touring some of these these uh, towns that were hit by Hamas, and he was speaking to IDS soldiers and saying the next stage is coming. Uh, and we believe that next stage is a ground offense. So they have warned those living in Gaza to leave. Uh, to, uh, Palestinians there, you need to flee, uh, evacuate, because we're, I mean, he's warned, advanced warning, we're coming in. Uh, and yet we're told, uh, it's been reported, Chris, that, that the Palestinians are not able to leave Gaza. Uh, they're blocking them from, from getting out. And uh, is this putting Israel then in another precarious situation and seeking to then turn the tables, blaming Israel for the so-called innocent civilians uh, to be killed in this offensive? They have asked, you're right, Jim, they have asked, Israel has sent out uh, a bunch of leaflets uh, encouraging and providing routes encouraging um, uh, the Palestinians to move south of the Gaza River, um, and uh, that way they'll be safe and away from where they're going to be targeting attacks. Uh, you have to remember that uh, Gaza is very, very small. It's basically almost the size of Washington, D.C., um, and it's crammed with two million or so people. Um, but there's also a lot of open land in the south on the border of Egypt, and so they've encouraged people to head toward the the, uh, the southern um, uh, part of Gaza, where the, they can attack the city of Gaza City and Khan Yunus and other towns that uh, cities that uh, popular are more populated, and where uh, Hamas is staging their attacks as well. Um, and so, yeah, they've been encouraging Palestinians to go down there uh, to get away from the attack. Uh, now, here's the thing. In the very small area of Gaza, there are three border crossings. Two of them go into Israel. One of them goes into Egypt. It's called the Rafah border crossing. Mm -hmm. Rafah border crossing, as long as, as I know right now, still is closed. That is Egypt that has closed the border on the Palestinians. So they are hoping that Egypt opens that border crossing to relieve the pressure of nearly a million Palestinians that are seeking refuge down there. But as I, I believe as of right now, as I know, they still have not opened that border and they are still stuck in there. Well, that, um, and so, and, that, and yeah. that's very interesting because, uh, and I'm going to play a clip here from Jordan's King Abdullah, uh, and uh, nobody wants the Palestinian refugees. And he spoke yesterday basically saying no refugees to Jordan, no refugees to, uh, to Egypt. Here's what he had to say. Just a part of the question on the issues of refugees coming to Jordan, and I think I can quite strongly speak on behalf not only of um, 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 uh, Jordan as a nation, but of uh, our friends in Egypt, that is a red line, uh, because I think that is the plan by certain of the usual suspects to try and create de facto issues on the ground. No refugees in Jordan, no refugees in Egypt. Wow, very, uh, very determinant in his statement there. Yeah, and you know, uh, the Jordanians uh, primarily are made up of Palestinians. Uh, it's uh, primarily a Palestinian country that's run by the Hashemite kingdom. They are, the Hashemites are a very, very small minority of people who rule over a very large majority of Palestinians. 
Uh, but they, I believe they're saying no because, number one, it would, they, they would be released into Jordan, and I don't think they have the capacity to manage the Palestinians there. Plus, uh, then the Palestinians can remain a thorn in the side of the, of the Israelis. Additionally, the same thing with Egypt. I think Egypt might be more willing to help with al-Sisi, but again, Sinai is a big problem for President al-Sisi of Egypt. Sinai is a training ground for al-Qaeda. Uh, and other terrorist organizations. That is one of the major reasons that I believe El-Sisi is not opening that border right now. He is trying to get humanitarian aid through. But I believe that they don't need more Hamas agents. They don't need more terrorists flooding into the Sinai. They're trying to deal with that already. Mm-hmm. And so, again, with it's very sad, though. The same can be said in Lebanon. Lebanese treat Palestinians incredibly uh, uh, um, uh rude. They're, they, they mistreat Palestinians in Lebanon. They mistreat Palestinians in Syria. Actually, the nicest place to be a Palestinian is in Israel. Um, and so, again, it's a very difficult situation for the Gazans, the Palestinians in Gaza, because, yes, they are trapped right now, even there, even though Egypt could open that Rafah gate to relieve, uh, relieve the pressure that's there. We're, we're going to be talking about some of the pro-Palestinian anti-Jew rallies going on here, even in the United States. But before we get to that, uh, Chris, I would like to have you explain what Friends of Israel is doing. You're actually involved in providing relief to Israel at this time. What exactly is Friends of Israel doing? Yeah, we've partnered for a very long time with two major organizations. One is called Operation Life Shield, that is, uh, whose executive director, Rabbi Shmuel Bowman, uh, builds bomb shelters in sensitive areas of Israel along the Gaza border and up in Lebanon. Friends of Israel has been providing bomb shelters, uh, purchasing bomb shelters for Israelis for many, many years. I believe we have more than 60 bomb shelters that have been built, and now more than ever, Israelis need more bomb shelters in these sensitive locations. Um, so when you go to foi.org forward slash stand with Israel, again, that's foi.org forward slash stand with Israel, not only can you purchase and help uh, buy bomb shelters for Israelis for their safety, but also we partner with Magan Davida Dome, which is Israel's Red Cross. Uh, they uh, work during these times of medical emergencies to help save uh, the innocent lives of the Israelis. This could be anything from somebody suffering from a heart attack to actually the threat of war that's going on right now. Um, so the Magan Davida Dome is very active in providing medical assistance to Israel uh, and the Jewish people. And again, when you go to foi.org forward slash stand with Israel, you'll be able to donate and help Israel during this very difficult time. And all of this goes through the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry, which is a trustworthy organization that's been standing with Israel since 1938. I understand if people don't have access to the web, they can call uh, call Friends of Israel? That's right. I'd encourage you to call. It's 800-257-7843. Again, that's 800-257-7843. And you can speak to one of our ministry representatives that are there right now who can take your information and direct you to places where you can give to help support Israel even today. And friends, I know uh, several of you likely contacted them when uh, Chris was with us recently and getting the Israel My Glory magazine. You can also reach out to them, ask for that as well. Uh, FOI.org forward slash stand with Israel or 800-257-7843. More information to unpack after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk. Nearly every common behavioral problem is considered to be a disease in American culture today. Gambling, overeating, and certainly drugs and alcohol. But God's Word lovingly tells us the truth about the very heart of addiction. Yet the Bible is a neglected resource for those who suffer from these so-called addictions. One of the reasons for this is that people choose to believe the theories and ideas of mankind that the disease renders them powerless to overcome the problem. However, a Christian is not powerless and has the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit to enable them to say no to choices that will mentally enslave them. In the book, The Heart of Addiction, biblical counselor Mark Shaw confronts these life-dominating sins and provides biblical tools to help us examine our heart's motives at the root of addiction and how to obtain victory. The Heart of Addiction is available for a donation of $15 or more to VCY America. Ask for it when you call 1-800-729-9829. 
This is Crosstalk on BCY America with a reminder to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Scripture tells us to do that. And uh, friends, make that part of your, your daily prayer as well. Conflict in the Middle East. Israel is at war and uh, has launched the, uh, uh, certainly on offensive now, Swords of Iron, really, and in, in, this is self-defense for Israel by uh, eradicating this axis of evil that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu has called the, the new Nazis. Uh, Chris Katolka is with us from the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. If you missed that website before, it is FOI.org. FOI stands for Friends of Israel, FOI.org forward slash Stand With Israel. Chris, uh, give us your perspective on the U.S. response. Uh, President Biden's supposed to be in Israel tomorrow. Uh, the U.S. has deployed military assets. We understand uh, some uh, close to 2,000 troops may be deployed to support Israel. We've got uh, uh, ships that are going to be arriving in that region. Your perspective on the response. You know, Jim, I have to be honest, I don't agree much with President Biden, but his response in the very beginning was uh, incredibly bold uh, to stand with Israel during this time. And he seemed to say Israel has the right to go full throttle in a response to what Hamas did to the Israelis um, out of Gaza. And so that was positive. Again, to be able to have the ships um, uh, um, come to the Eastern Mediterranean as a sign of, of America's presence and support of Israel. That was fantastic, especially in order to try to re- uh, relieve the pressure from the North, telling Iran, don't push any buttons, Iran, um, because our presence is here. That's a, a fantastic response. But what we're beginning to see, which is very typical, Jim, uh, most, of the, uh, most of the time when it comes to Israel and their response to the attacks that come from Hamas, uh, is a, a, a weaning away from that hardline position that Israel needs to stamp out Hamas once and for all. You begin to see it from the administration. Uh, then you begin to see it, uh, of course, in media uh, from a point where once they were saying Israel needs to stamp out Hamas. Now they're beginning to yeah. question how hard Israel should actually go in order to, to deal with Hamas once and for all. And so we're beginning to see kind of a a pullback in some way. Um, but I actually don't think that's going to deter Benjamin Netanyahu no, no. and his uh, and, and the cabinet uh, in Israel and also the IDF. I, I believe that the Israelis are in full support of stamping out Hamas after what happened um, on October 7th. So again, I'm beginning to see and notice a genuine uh, kind of a, a pulling back. Certain terms are being used it's complex, those kind of terms. It's a complex situation. It's not complex. It's good versus evil. That's what it is, and that's why Israel needs to stamp out Hamas, or we're going to continue to see these issues arise over and over again. How do you believe the chaos in Congress is impacting this? I mean, we still, Jim Jordan had a failed vote this morning uh, for Speaker, still no Speaker of the House. How does that impact this matter? So that means there's no direction, there's no leadership coming from Congress right now. And uh, honestly, shame on the Republicans for not moving forward. Even Jim Jordan uh, had said we need to move forward so that we can help our greatest ally and friend in the Middle East, Israel. Mm-hmm. So, of course, when we need it the most, we are once again seeing the Republicans sitting on their hands uh, at a time when we need political leadership. And I am really, really scared that the Americans will not forget this moment. Um, And this is also an opportunity uh, for the Congress to speak to our Jewish friends here in America who are very nervous as well. I was just speaking to uh, uh, an Israeli-American here in South Jersey, and you know what she told me, Jim? She said, I am nervous to put the Israeli flag out in my neighborhood. I'm nervous to put the Israeli flag out. It's amazing how many people bought Ukrainian flags when Ukraine went to war against Russia, when Russia attacked Ukraine. Uh, but not. I'm driving around and I don't see any Israeli flags. Um, I don't see many people talking about it. Um, and so again, I think there's this sense of uh, of nervousness and hesitation to support Israel. Even the Israelis themselves, who want to support Israel, their country, are nervous to put a flag out in in showing signs of solidarity with the Jewish people in Israel. And at the same time, we've got these pro-Palestinian anti-Jew rallies and events that are springing up across the United States, many of these on university campuses. And uh, Chris, Fox News just ran a story today about Jewish students who are scared to go to class and uh, talking about the hostile environment on their campus. Uh, It's no doubt. You know, again, this is one of those things, Jim, where 
the Friends of Israel and the Jewish community have been trying to make this aware to the American public and to the world for a long time. Jewish people have been felt scared on college campuses for several years now. Uh, I've gone to events at synagogues where students get up and they say that they feel as though they face anti-Semitism all the time, even physical attacks. And so, again, this isn't something that just pops up as a result of the war. This has been brewing for a long time. It's just that we've turned a blind eye to the reality that 62 percent of, of, of religious hate crimes in America are directed to the Jewish people. And so uh, it's not as if it just popped up out of nowhere. We're seeing now the results of all of this progressive uh, um, uh, education in, in, in higher education, university professors who are influencing students, uh, teaching them to hate Israel, to be anti-Zionist, that Israel's a bunch of col- uh, 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 colonizers. I don't think that these people realize who are learning in college universities or universities from these professors that their progressive stances in the United States wouldn't survive three seconds in Gaza. It always amazes me that the progressive movement and the terrorist organizations like Hamas, they find themselves uh, friends during these times when, in reality, they couldn't be further apart from one another. But again, it's all to attack Israel. They do not like Israel. Friends, uh, let me just say this, and Chris and I did an interview some time ago about his book, Israel Always, and that plays into a lot of what we're talking about here. I'd like to encourage you to go back to crosstalkamerica.com, listen to that interview, and gain that perspective about that that the land has been given. We have the land covenant, and we talked about this last time, the land covenant and the the Abrahamic covenant, a forever covenant. Uh, But that's another whole discussion, but it very much is tied into this. But while we're talking about this pro-Palestinian sentiment and and there is just a winking that is going on 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 this mass slaughter, the murderous aspect of the, killing babies and youth and elderly. And while I'm on this topic, Chris, there was an imam from New York indicating they are with the Palestinian resistance 100 percent. I want to play the clip and then we'll comment uh, back on this. Uh, this is from New York. We're with the Palestinian resistance 100 percent. No ifs, no ands, no buts, no equivocations, no apologies, no condemnations. We don't need to go any further than that. Right? Some people want to criticize the table manners of a starving person. You don't criticize the table manners of a starving person. You let them eat. Right? You want to talk about, well, they shouldn't be doing things this way or they should be doing things that way. All right, get your boot off my neck and then we'll talk. Right? It's like this occupation has been going on for however many years. Stop the occupation and then we'll talk. Then we can talk about table manners. Then we can talk about this tactic and that tactic, right? But what happens is every single time is that we we zoom in on the details and we forget about the bigger picture. And that's why we say Palestine has to be free first, period. And then we'll talk. Chris, he's condoning this 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 bloodshed that's going on. Comment on his statement about not criticizing the table manners of a starving man. Well, he has to get a history lesson on what happened in Gaza in 2005 when Ariel Sharon, the prime minister, he, uh, he demanded 8,000 Israelis leave their homes, that some of them have been there for 40 years, leave their homes in Gaza because he was going to disengage from Gaza and give the land all to the Palestinians. Now, inside Gaza was a very large agricultural society, agricultural business that the Israelis had started, which the Israelis wanted to train the Palestinians on in order to give them uh, the ability to make money, to have an economy in Gaza. What ends up happening is that when the Palestinians take over, they burn everything. They, Israel, Israel, Israel did not want uh, what the Gaza is today. They did not want to box in the Palestinians. They did not want to build a fence. So this person has a wrong outlook on what actually happened. The Israelis were striving to give a valuable area of Israel to the Palestinians to start a state, to create something of value, and they burned it to the ground. It was never intended to be this way. So his idea of table manners is funny because it sounds more like he doesn't understand that these people actually burned the dinner table to the ground. And it, this is the world they created for themselves. Israel's not going to allow open borders with Hamas terrorists. 
So, of course, they had to close off the borders. But that was not the way it was intended to be from the very beginning. Look, even Hillary Clinton in 2016 and 2015 leading up to the election admitted this. Israelis did not want this to happen. They were striving in order to give a world for the Palestinians to create something for themselves. And the Israel off the backs of the Israelis, and they burned it to the ground. He should get a history lesson, because that's why many Israelis are very sad, not just about what happened on October 7th, but about what's happened since 2005 when they disengaged from Gaza altogether. Friends, our phone number to crosstalk today, 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. If you have a question or brief comment, uh, our number, 800-733-9829. With us today is Chris Katolka, Assistant Director of North American Ministries at the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. They are ministering uh, with aid in uh, in Israel. And again, the website is foi.org slash stand with Israel, foi.org forward slash stand with Israel. Chris, you mentioned these bunkers, these bomb shelters. How many people are able to fit into one of these bomb shelters? It all depends on how desperate you are, Jim. But the average, I think, is about 16 people can squeeze into one. But I've heard they can go even higher depending on the severity of it. You know, a lot of these bomb shelters that we place are put in places where kids might be playing at a park. They don't have enough time to get to a safe zone in their home, so it enables them to run from the park right into a bomb shelter. So next to tennis courts, uh, playgrounds, uh, areas where Israelis might be working out or something like that are bomb shelters just in case of an emergency. They only have seconds to get to safety. I understand that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu and Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, had to go to a bomb shelter uh, uh, here as the missiles were flying overhead. Um, let's go to the phone lines. Greg in Bloomington, Illinois, you're on the air. Thank you. Um, as Christians, we should absolutely be supporting Israel. Um, however, I do think that this reeks of uh, deep state warmongering as well, because of the timing of all this is incredibly strategic. As soon as we stop uh, funding Ukraine and some of that uh, interest uh, wanes, all of a sudden this happens in Israel and $9 billion is given to Hamas. And I also find it interesting that I think this is being used as a way to divide the U.S. further, because if you've noticed, the media is pushing the story about a six-year-old Muslim boy getting mm-hmm. murdered by his landlord, yeah. and they're, they're mentioning this being Muslim to stir up the uh, Islamists. Right. And I just think that that timing is interesting. And I wondered if your uh, speaker had a comment also about what President Trump said recently about Benjamin Netanyahu regarding his reluctance to go after Soleimani a few years back. Thank you so much. There's a lot to unpack there, Jim. The thing I want to focus on, and I appreciate your caller, is how the the divide in America. The one thing that this has done, I was just saying to somebody about this, is I really think it's shown people, uh, number one, people of courage to stand up for truth. Because there is a divide in America, and I think it's showing the people who want to stand up for truth and good versus those who want to embrace evil. It's become very, very clear. To support Hamas is to support evil. And so that's what I would ultimately say. I do believe it is dividing America in that way and becoming more clear. We're back in one minute. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Our guest today, Chris Katolka from the Friends of Israel. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. This week, we're hearing from liberals, our progressives, whatever you want to call them, from all over the world, crying Israel as an apartheid state, a racist state, an occupier. Well, first off, even the Quran says the land belongs to them. But of course, ultimately, the Bible does, God's word. Are they an apartheid state? Are they a racist state? Well, going back to the presidency of George H. Bush, U.S. Senator uh, Rudy Boschowitz, he raised a lot of money as a Jewish businessman and U.S. Senator for Israel to bring black Ethiopian Jews out of Ethiopia who are being persecuted. And that has happened many times with many operations over the years. Really, an apartheid racist state bringing black Ethiopian Jews to the safety of Israel and integrating them into the community. Oh, yeah, and then the Arabs, they can hold office, be in the Knesset on the Supreme Court. These are the facts many don't know.
And listeners, if you miss the uh, contact information, the website and phone number, I will give it before we close up shop here today and the program. So stay with us here on Crosstalk. And again, the last caller had so many issues, uh, matters that would have taken us another half hour to address. But we're going right back to the calls here today. If you've got a, just a quick question, a brief comment, our number here, 800-733-9829. To Spencer, Tennessee, Ed, you're on the air. Yes, hello, Rob. Now, these rockets that are up there in uh, Damascus by Hezbollah, will they be right in the middle of Damascus? And and when do you think this uh, destruction of Damascus will be? Do you think it will be in a week or two weeks or you know, when it will fulfill the prophecy of uh, Isaiah 17? Well, there's, there's a lot there as well, Chris. There is. I'll just say this. It's not so much Damascus as it is on the southern border where there are the rockets, where mm-hmm. they're staged. And Israel knows where all of them are. I'm confident uh, their intelligence is on top of uh, where they are staging those rockets. As for uh, um, Isaiah 17, I don't know exactly when that will take place. I'm glad that you asked that question. I always err on the side of God's imminency. I don't know when these events will take place. Yep. I do think it's interesting, though, Jim, that we are seeing alignment with Iran and Hamas and Hezbollah, Hezbollah in Lebanon. We're seeing Hamas aligned with Iran, who's aligned with Russia. Again, these are alignments that we see, and Turkey as well. These are all alignments that we see within Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, the Battle of Gog of Magog. And so, again, I'm not going to say it's happening at all. I'm not. But I'm also going to say the alignments are proving to be true from these passages in the Bible. Thank you, Ed. Let's go to Julie in Pensacola, Florida. You're on the air. Yes, I did have a question about the Hamas. Are they uh, are they outnumbering in in military as far as Israeli military? And then two, um, the Speaker of the House was it probably might have been a wrong thing for Gates or Gates to try to get rid of the Speaker. When are we at risk of having a Democrat Speaker? Can the well, yeah? Uh, I tell you what, and I don't want to go that direction. Yes, that's possible. Uh, we want to stay focused on Israel and the impact upon Israel at this time. So, yeah, there is chaos that's going on there, and uh, be, be praying uh, for uh, the, the matters in Congress going on. But uh, how, how does the military might of Hamas compare to the military might of Israel, I think is the first question she had, Chris. And, Julie, that's a fantastic question. Uh, Israel uh, um, is much more advanced and outnumbers uh, Hamas. Um, technologically, way more advanced. They're one of the most technological um, uh, armies in the world. Uh, and then numbers-wise, to think that you have 300,000 reservists ready to go at a moment's notice just goes to show. And plus, you have national support in Israel. There's not a question as to whether or not they should be doing this. A country that was once divided when Jim and I last spoke in September is now a country united against this uh, animal, against this mm-hmm. horrible terrorist organization, Hamas. And so there's unification in Israel as well. So uh, they are a very strong army, but when you're fighting a potential two-front war, it can be very dangerous, and that's why it's good that America has stepped up and showed some uh, major support as well. Thank you, Julie. Kathy is next in Wisconsin. You're on the air. Me? Kathy? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, does he really think, he mentioned a couple times, that they had, the Palestinians had elected Hamas as their government. Do they really think those those elections were uh, true elections or were they crooked like so many? Okay. That's a great question. You know, I can't speak to that at all, Kathy, but what I can say is that they are doing statistics and polls out of the West Bank, and the numbers are definitely scary. That is the reason why they've been really holding off on holding general elections in, in the West Bank, uh, out of Ramallah, uh, Ramallah yeah. because they are nervous about uh, the, polling, the polling data that's taking place. Uh, so, you know, I can't speak to the validity of them, but at the same time, I'll say the statistics that we have now are definitely concerning. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Mary next in Milwaukee. You're on the air. Yes. I found out recently that I'm Jewish on my mother's side, mm-hmm. but I was raised Catholic, but I reject that. I reject that. They don't even barely talk about this. This boils my blood. I am still a Christian. Yeah. But I had to cut ties with the Catholics who... Yeah, who are... and tell you what, and I don't want to go that direction here today, Mary. We want to stay focused on Israel at this point. Thank you. Uh, Douglas in Phoenix, Arizona, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, I remember 
I just wanted to comment on Chris mentioning that there are a lot of people who are afraid to fly the Israel flag, but there's one guy in my neighborhood that I'm, I get, I get a really, I'm really proud of him when I drive by his house on my, uh, my way home from work because he's flying an American and an Israel flag. Hmm. There you go. Okay. Thank you, Douglas. And uh, let's get one more call in. Karen in Fort Worth, Texas, you're on the air. Yes, um, I have a question. There's a um, gentleman that's coming to share what is happening in Israel and what it means for the church here in Fort Worth. And he's the president of Unchartered Ministries. His name is Tom Doyle. Okay, your, question for, your, your question for Chris, please. My question is, does he know anything about this man? He's an author of Dreams and Visions, Is Jesus Awakening the Muslim World? Okay, thank you. I I can't speak to his doctrine, but I know that he's a supporter of Israel. I've uh, seen his book, Tom Doyle, so I think you're going to be, when it comes to Israel and support for Israel as a Christian, I think it'll be a good meeting. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, I want to get out the information again here for those interested in coming alongside uh, Israelis right now, uh, Friends of Israel does have programs uh, for Operation Life Shield uh, that are putting in bomb shelters. Also, the uh, um, the uh, the medical assistance as well, uh, Magandi Vida Dome. And uh, for those who'd like to participate, uh, how can they do that, Chris? Yeah, they can go to foi.org forward slash stand with Israel. Um, they can also call 800-257-7843. And, Jim, if I can just say, too, uh, for your listeners that are maybe confused about what's going on in Israel and they want to know more information about how they can get a better grip of the events that are taking place biblically uh, and to understand it from a Christian worldview, then I want to give them a one-year free subscription to our magazine, Israel My Glory, uh, again, when they call 800-257-7843, we'll be happy to give them a one-year free subscription to Israel My Glory if they've never subscribed before. Okay, again, friends, that's 1-800-257-7843. You can mention that you just heard Chris on, on Crosstalk and offering the free one-year subscription. Reach out to them at 800 257 7843. Troublesome times, Chris. Uh, thank you for unpacking a lot of information for us. And and uh, really, uh, let's keep looking up, huh? Let's keep looking up. Indeed. Chris, thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Jim. Really appreciate it. Chris Katolka from the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry and uh, Friends, uh, also speaker on the Friends of Israel Today radio program. Much to be in prayer about for our world. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Take Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.